Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirstie. And I'm Kelsey. It's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who are deep in scary Christmas movies. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Is it though? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it's the most hate watch time of the year. That's for sure. <laughs> this is like Ugh. when the spirit of hate watch really flows through us. Yeah. We've been blessed yeah. by the gods of DVR so that we don't have to use Hallmark <laughs> YouTube roulette anymore, so that's good. <laughs> I almost miss um, Hallmark YouTube roulette. <laughs> There's a lot of good doesn't, doesn't really roll off the tongue, but I feel like that's the only word to describe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot happening there. <laughs> like, I miss sitting through every single generic city montage to figure out which one I'm watching and realize that it's one from, like, 1993. <laughs> yeah. That's the real Christmas magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what did we watch this week? This week, because we're planning ahead, kind of, mm. uh, we watched... The first available Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, which was Christmas at Pemberley. And Pemberley then, Manor. Yep, Pemberley Manor, whatever. Don't get Same too difference. casual. Uh, and then we also made a huge mistake mm-hmm. and watched Netflix's A Prince, The Princess Switch? A Princess Switch? I think it's A Princess Switch, which seems like a weird article. <laughs> in Which, that particular title. Like word. a week ago was called the Christmas Switch, so Yeah, I don't, don't... <laughs> it seems like a really weird time to like change your working title. Yeah. They had a thousand percent already put out a promo under the name Christmas Switch. And I've seen a version of this trailer that was dubbed in French, and it had a different title completely. It was called Chicago something. So oh. who the fuck knows what's happening right now? <laughs> Netflix was like, I don't know. We uh, did a thing. We did a we thing. It's an interesting departure, because last year we stuck to just Hallmark. Mm-hmm. And... I think, so last year was like the first year that Netflix tried to get in the Christmas game, right? Because they had a Christmas Inheritance and a Christmas Prince. Yeah. Um, I believe that was like the slate. Maybe there were a couple others, but it was not like Hallmark level output. No, but they've really like tripled down. Tripled down? Oh yeah. <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> yeah. It's like 2018 dawned upon us. And the entire world was so fucking busted that all we had mental capacity left for was gritty and, like, (laughs) TV Christmas movies. (laughs) I'm waiting for the gritty holiday special. Oh my god, that would be my favorite. I would absolutely watch a gritty rom-com. They should make one of those, like, really weird Christmas movies that had the stop motion, but with gritty. (laughs) Do you think it would be like Shrek, where like the love interest would be 
like gritty but female. Oh my god. Oh my god. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> I need to pull us out of this right now. I'm like imagining it as like salad fingers but Christmas oh, and gritty. Stop. <laughs> That's a real deep cut right there, guys. Yeah, it is. Um, oh. But on to more festive things. <laughs> yes. I thought I could come up with a better word than that, but... I know. mean... These movies were movies, huh? <laughs> it was it was a thing that I watched. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we'll get into it, but... I definitely had two different reactions to each of these movies. I'm eager to hear about those reactions. Yeah. I I guess generally speaking, I'd be willing to say that Christmas at Pemberley Manor hit me the way that a Hallmark movie hits me. <laughs> Which is like, the whole time, I just want to sadly shake my head and be like, why you know like what else could we have done with your production budget to like put some good out into the world but at the same time it's like fun bad yeah you know it's like it ends and i i like chuckle a bit to myself and then go about my life right so that's like that's the good hate watch (laughs) the princess switch was not that. I think I just glazed over about a hundred times watching that movie. <laughs> In the hundred years it took me to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It went on for fucking ever. I texted Kelsey when it was over and I was just like, I am fuming. I am angry. <laughs> and that movie, this will be a fun one to talk about because for me it was a slow burn where for like most of the movie it was just a you know, your basic bad movie. Yeah. And then, like, the last yeah. third of it, something mm-hmm. happened where, like, suddenly then I had feelings about the things that made it bad. <laughs> I have some, like, tropes to discuss with that one, but... <sighs> I... All in all, this was quite a parent trap-inspired <laughs> Christmas <Yeah>. movie watching <laughs> in so many this ways. This is now... Our second Parent Trap Christmas movie. And I just, I think I've got some thoughts that I would like to yell about in the well, genre. Kirstie, this is our second and third Parent Trap Christmas movie. Is that including Parent Trap? Nope. <laughs> we'll get there. What am I forgetting? <laughs> the cameo appearance in Christmas at Pemberley Manor. Uh, yeah, I'm there. I got there. (laughs) (laughs) It's only been like 4,000 years since I watched this movie. All time came to a standstill. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, should we dive right into that shit? Yeah, let's get there. Okay, well, the thing I have to say about this movie... (laughs) (laughs) is mainly that Meredith Blake can still get it. (laughs) She can get it. I love 
that even after all this time, she's still, like, the ultimate, like, head bitch in charge supervillain. I also love that somehow in the internet's obsession about where are they now is from the parent trap, no one has flagged that she's casually starring in Hallmark Christmas movies. The parent trap slash Meredith Blake in particular were just going around Twitter the last couple weeks for various unrelated reasons. Like I saw Meredith Blake like 400 times on Twitter recently. So I don't understand how this like slipped everyone's notice. (laughs) The parent trap is always trending, guys. But so is Hallmark. I know. That's why I don't understand. People are paying attention to Hallmark movies right now. I don't know how this like passed us all by. But you know instantly that it's her because she hasn't changed her eyebrows or her haircut since 1997. (laughs) She has obviously changed her blow dryer, though. Yeah, she's downgraded from the Dyson to something else. Yeah, clearly. And, like, she didn't, like, her role didn't totally seem to fit this movie. They just decided they needed Meredith Blake. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I, I think they were, like... I think they were trying to do so many things <laughs> all at the same time. And they just yeah. they just weren't sure. They weren't sure of a lot of things, including like the basic premise of a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I've I've revealed already that I've never read this novel. And so I couldn't, I know, like, enough from just being in the culture, Um, but I couldn't tell how much of that was, like, my ignorance or, like, Hallmark's incompetence. I mean, I'll be curious to compare this to Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe that comes out (laughs) later this year, but this was a lot of incompetence. Like, they didn't even read the spark notes. Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> so and there good. were things like there were so many things that they just could have done. Fill me so, in. So well, so the premise of this movie <laughs> to oh, yeah. take a step back. Oh wait, I wanted to ask, is the lead actress the same one from the gingerbread proposal movie? Ugh. We watched some movie with her last year and I can't remember which movie it was. I think you're thinking of Lacey. No, the, no, no, no. Because she's, this chick is like the Lacey analog. This is like the Lacey understudy. Yeah. I don't know if I watched her. We definitely watched her. She was e- she was either the Gingerbread Proposal movie or the, um like, writing Getaway in Canada movie. She wasn't that one because that chick was a uh, redhead. <sighs> Motherfucker. Okay, you, you talked about premise. I'm going to figure this out. All right. <laughs> so... The premise of this movie is that there's a low-power business person and a high-power business person, (laughs) and the high-power business person tells the low-power business person that she should really be behind the scenes, so that really tees everything up. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) she- so our protagonist is named Elizabeth Bennet, like Pride and Prejudice, Mm. and she goes- She's an event planner, and she goes to help this rando town in Connecticut, of course, uh, 
throw a Christmas festival and she's helping the mayor who she knew from college. And the mayor has an assistant who is there. Uh, They're trying to throw this big Christmas festival to inspire this rich guy to not sell his family's house that's like the centerpiece of the town and by you know having a christmas boner they'll keep him from selling the house sure sure so they're trying to like inspire him with christmas boners and then he comes to town to like wrap everything up to sell the house and then there's a like water main break in the town square and they're like oh no the gazebo fell in a hole in the ground where are we gonna have our festival and (laughs) conveniently they find the giant manor house that the rich guy's trying to sell and they're like oh it can happen here so then the whole rest of the movie is them setting up for and then having this multi-day Christmas festival on this guy's front lawn. And then there's a lot of, like, romantical subplots between this girl who's like, is she gonna date the mayor guy or is she gonna date the rich guy? And the rich guy's very quiet and he doesn't want to have a Christmas boner, but (laughs) damn it, they're gonna give him one. And... (laughs) I'm not even sure he didn't want the Christmas boner. I think he just didn't want, like, the... Um, like the goodwill boner or something. He, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, so, then he, everything goes bad because there's some, for some reason there's a photographer who photographs him with the event planner and that becomes a problem. <laughs> Because now his name is attached to it, and so it's bad for Meredith Blake's event planning business. <laughs> right. For yeah. s- because it wasn't her in the picture. Because she Which... does events for some <laughs> other big business, and so now this bigger business didn't have her at the <laughs> event. So that's that's the bad. It was so poorly explained. <laughs> she comes like marching in and she's like darcy industries is so much bigger than our biggest client yeah and then she's like rich man you should take a carriage ride with me instead of my employee well yeah then she starts pulling some real meredith blake shit oh yeah (laughs) that's when we go full meredith blake in case there was ever any doubt like this is what meredith blake did after she got dumped by what's his face yeah this is a linear story <laughs> like there's yeah, very it's all the same universe <laughs> <laughs> she's like looking at her and she's like i'm gonna send these brats off to timbuktu Kirstie right now. 
<laughs> okay, I'm back. I resurfaced. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Kirsty chose the wrong time to swallow her beer, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, so... Anyway, <laughs> casual, casual. <laughs> I told you Parent Trap references are my best party trick. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so basically, how does the movie end? Uh, okay, so Meredith Blake is doing her gold digger routine. Yeah. Darcy is like wallowing. Because he's an insecure man-child. And Millennial Mare is, like, running around full of the Christmas spirit. And he's like, oh, Elizabeth is great. So then Darcy figures out that Millennial Mare is in love with What's-Her-Face. Yep. And so he's trying to be, like, gentlemanly. Mm. So he's like, Millennial Mare, you should tell her that you love her. Uh, And then she friend-zones him super hard. Super um, hard. Like, the hardest I've seen a friend zone go down <laughs> since, like, middle school. And uh, then he tries to be all gentlemanly and is like, oh, Darcy, then you should get her. Um, because, you know, Christmas spirit lies in the patriarchy. Right. Um, oh, we forgot that she wrote a letter to Santa. She wrote a letter to Santa asking <laughs> for true love. Yep. Yep. Important um, detail. And she keeps trying to be cute about it, being like, well, my niece didn't want to write a letter, so I said I'd write one with her. And it's like, then you ask for, like, mascara. <laughs> Not romance. Yeah, you don't ask for true love, but okay. Sure. So, um, so then Darcy thinks that, she, that, like, Millennial Mayor has done the thing, so he tries to, like, sell the manor and run away. So then they break down the festival and Elizabeth comes back and is like, the fuck? And Meredith Blake is like, it's over. And then there's this whole subplot with the assistants. Millennial yep. Mayor's assistant and Darcy's assistant. And they fall in love and they start conspiring. So then the little assistant has to keep Darcy from leaving town. <laughs> we can call them Gen Z assistants. The Gen Z assistants, yep. Gen Z <laughs> is officially on the scene, guys. I'm so yep. hype. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Gen Z assistant ends up breaking down and telling Darcy everything. So then he rushes back into town and is like, fuck you. The festival's coming back. Um, and so then the festival comes back. And right. uh, he and Elizabeth are in love now. And then Santa comes out on Christmas Eve and is like, yo dipshits. I've been trying to get you together this whole time. Took you long enough. Mm-hmm. And that's how the movie ends, with Santa, like, scolding them that they didn't bone down sooner. Santa was there all along. <laughs> this is a classic Santa Walks Among Us story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really alarmed, I have to say, that at, like, 9 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve, Santa is just puttering about Connecticut trying to get two people to bone 
I mean, man's got priorities, I guess. It just doesn't seem like great time management when he has to get to literally the entire planet. (laughs) It's fair. (laughs) A fair, fair point. I mean, I have connections to, like, the um, delivery world, shall we say? Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I just don't think there are enough clicks for Santa to take this much time. On the bone down. (laughs) Maybe if you write to Santa and ask him about it, he'll tell you. Dear Santa, exactly how do you range your DPS so that you had enough time? Right. Lots of deep cuts here, folks. Oh, man. Drink twice. Um, so... Can I gripe about Pride and Prejudice for a moment? Yeah, get me there. Okay. So you... I can't believe you haven't read this book. I have not. The whole... They did so many things. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, there's no reason why this movie had to be Pride and Prejudice. It didn't seem like it. Because Pride and Prejudice is about... Like how... In the 1800s? Something like that. Victorian Um, times? Yeah. You had to, like, marry for wealth. And it was, like, if you were, if you had daughters, you had to find them, like, suitable social pairings that had money to make sure that they could survive. And it's about a family (laughs) of, like, five daughters, and one of them is Elizabeth Bennet, who had no siblings that we knew of. (laughs) In this movie. (laughs) Which, like, that's half the story. What if, like, seven of them just showed up at Pemberley at the end and were like, hey, millennial mayor? At least it would have made sense! (laughs) Because it's this whole thing with the sister, and the sister starts dating this guy, and then the guy has a friend who's Darcy. And it's, like, this whole thing, but they named... They named Meredith Blake after the guy. Oh, they did? Yeah. So she's a Bingley. And the Bingleys are who Elizabeth Bennet's sister marries into. Mm. Who's friends with Darcy. So that makes no sense at all. And then... And they're like... They're kind of douchey. That's like the only connection. But (laughs) narratively, it didn't work. And then Elizabeth keeps being courted by this, like, this other guy uh, who's, like, very fine. (laughs) Like, he sucks, but he's, like, a suitable match, quote. (laughs) Is that who, like, Millennial Mayor was supposed to be? I thought so, but they didn't name him after him. Oh. So that was another, like, disaster. (laughs) Didn't have to happen. (laughs) And then there's also a William Darcy. So, like, that's the only other thing that made sense. But, and they tried to do a lot with him because he's meant to be kind of, like, a loner. And, uh, he's, like, keeps to himself. Yeah. But they did it badly. (laughs) They did it real, real bad. It still didn't actually make sense. 
Because no. he wasn't, like, I don't know. Part of it is, like, him not flaunting his money. And he right. definitely flaunts his money. But at the same time, they had multiple scenes where they were like, you have no idea how much she donates to charity and it's all anonymous. You right. know, like, Millennial Mayor was essentially like, you don't even know how much this guy But that, like, stuff. wasn't... That wasn't part of the scene. <laughs> like, everything was bad, and the things that made sense, they didn't actually do. <laughs> Why would they? And I don't think they even named, like, the interns after people in this book. No. Which would have been another easy one. Although, I, I guess in theory, which I guess they didn't do, but if you name a character after a book character then you have to do a parallel well apparently not because <laughs> <laughs> like clearly not but you know right i just have questions yeah like they took the names and the name of one place and were like this is the same now yeah yeah I I don't know. I don't know. It was bad. Because, you know, when we did our Hallmark preview, I put them on blast for doing both of their Pride and Prejudice movies in the same year. And so I wonder if it was like... (laughs) They were like, well, kind of. I just looked this up on IMDb. Yeah. The cast is only 15 people long. <laughs> that sounds about right. One of my favorite scenes was when they have the first night of the festival happening at Pemberley Manor. Yeah. And um, the millennial mayor is like, oh, this is the best turnout that we've had in years. And the camera pans out to like four extras standing on the lawn. It, it was really sad. It was the saddest attempt at extras I think I've maybe ever seen oh it was bad yikes um so i'm not surprised that the main cast was that small yeah i also looked up the lead actress and she is not actually in anything that i recognize her from but she was in a movie last year called magical christmas ornaments Oh. And so I think I just recognize her from the promos for it. Gotcha. Yeah. She's like a generic Hallmark face. She, yeah. She's like your generic Hallmark brunette with curly hair. Right. Um, this is not at all the point, but the first line of the synopsis for Magical Christmas Ornaments is after a bad breakup, former Christmas lover loses her Christmas spirit. Oh, boy. Yeah, I just thought you needed that one. (laughs) Former Christmas lover. Oh, she was also in A December Bride, which is a 2016 movie, but I believe I remember something about it going around on Twitter last year. Oh, no. So, there's that one, too. Can While we're on the topic of her... Sure. Can we address her singing? I... It was bad. It was so bad. 
It was really, really, really bad. It was really not... It was one of those horrible things that movies do, and I can't figure out why they insist upon doing this, where they're like, this person is the best person ever at X. Yeah. But they're, like, not, because the actor isn't. And it's like, you know, maybe just be like, they're a normal singer, not, like, the best (laughs) singer in Connecticut. (laughs) My favorite scene was... They're ba- they're baking Christmas cookies. Her and uh, Mr. Darcy, and she's trying to play it super cool and be like, "I'm humming," but all of a sudden you hear this like trying really hard, mm-hmm. half operatic voice, and she's like, "I'm super casual right now with my singing." Like, no, you're not. She does that again when she's setting up for the festival yes. and Santa is behind her. Yes. And she's just like puttering around, like singing full words. And Santa's <laughs> like, you have a nice voice. And she's like, oh my God, Santa. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> oh, it was really, really bad. And like the big musical number was really, really bad. One thing that I thought was really funny about that is that was, like, the um, Christmas concert, and everyone kept being like, the finale is ruined. We don't have a singer for the finale. And then (laughs) they make her do the singing, and Millennial Mayor goes up to the crowd, and he's like, this has been our concert, and now we will will sing a finale. Here is the finale. (laughs) And I've been to a lot of choral concerts and town concerts and things of such nature in my time and i just i don't think that's how that goes can i tell you another thing that i think hallmark got wrong here yeah it was the most egregious thing that i found in this whole movie Uh uh-huh and in a princess switch for that matter oh boy it was the most egregious thing I saw on television all weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a moment where G- Gen Z assistant comes running up to Darcy's office and he's like, you've just received an email. And he, oh my hands, God, I wrote this down. He hands him a printed piece of paper of an email like it's 1997 and we are faxing people. Well, and both of them but have it's their an email. own phones. They're both holding their, their phones. phones. They Gen- have them right there. Gen Z intern multiple times has to answer and end calls for Mr. Darcy. He just like, Gen Z intern like hands the phone to him and he talks and then he hands the phone back and is like, end this. And Gen Z intern has to hit the button. <laughs> so like- they all have phones. But yeah, he comes running into the room, not only with a piece of paper with the email printed on it, but it's folded three times as if it came in a fucking envelope. <laughs> like, I just, I, I, <laughs> I want to be in a professional setting and show up to someone and be like, you've just received an urgent email and print it out and hand it to them and see well, what happens. I told you I have a coworker who does that, right? But do they deliver them like they're Paul Revere on the fucking horse? (laughs) (laughs) No, but she does tack them on the wall of her cubicle and she carries them in the back of her notebook and she will pull them out at meetings. 
Which is like, that I'm is... concerned, like, makes her the town crier. Yeah. <laughs> it... <laughs> I just... Who the fuck is working at Hallmark? I sincerely hope that not a single one of you out there prints your emails. And if you do, let this be an educational moment that literally the whole point of email as an innovation is to <laughs> not print it. Mm-hmm. If you're printing it, you've already done the email bad. <laughs> I should write an email to Hallmark about this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you should print it and put it in a fucking envelope and mail it to their P.O. box. Wait, that would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even print it like... From the <laughs> Gmail print screen, like take a screenshot of the email and print that. Guys, if you want us to do this as a hate watch with us initiative, <laughs> please enter us in the Sam Hewen contest <laughs> at least five times and let us know, and then we will execute this initiative. That's a really good in the name of hate watch reward. Yes, yep. Send us your proof of purchase for. The Sam Hewen Charity CrossFit <laughs> Contest, and we will start the most lit letter writing campaign mm-hmm. of emails. We'll do it. It'll be a firestorm we'll of printed emails. <laughs> Homework won't know what the fuck hit them. Oh, this could be really fun. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, my two major gripes. Now that you've taken care of printed email, which did take up four lines of notes, just yep. the printed email, <laughs> yeah, um, is that uh, there was one thing that they kept repeating as like I don't know, I guess the recurring theme, but like at least four different people in the first twenty minutes of this film are mm-hmm. described verbatim as um, being impossible to change their minds. Oh. Like, they all said the same line about them, which was, like, once they've made up their mind, it's impossible to change it. And so Elizabeth is described that way, like, four times. Darcy is described that way. And then Millennial Mayor says it to Elizabeth about someone else. And then she responds, nothing is impossible at Christmas. And it's like, yo, y'all literally just spent, like, half the movie saying this about each other. Why is it now suddenly impossible? And why is it impossible at Christmas? Or not impossible? I don't know. I just... Yeah. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. I think that was another, like, poor adaptive choice. Yeah, just the worst. Because they're both characterized as being stubborn but not 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 this way hallmark not this way no not like this well because then she also says it about meredith blake and that's when someone is like nothing's impossible at christmas or something i don't know it was stupid sure was (laughs) but like a solid seven out of ten for christmas boners yeah. Although their Christmas tree was the saddest Christmas tree. It was sad. And we're still working on developing Christmas movie bingo, but it did mm-hmm. check off a lot of the boxes. 
There's mm. chick with Christmas boner. There's dude who needs to discover this meaning of Christmas. They bake yep. Christmas cookies. They go Christmas there's a tree generic- shopping. There's a New York City montage. Santa walks among us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the elements, really. Yeah. But only, like, a 7 out of 10 for Christmas boners. Yeah. Well, if Lacey was there, it would have been an 8 at least. It's true. I feel like Lacey, <laughs> like, enters a room and there's, like, the faint wake of sleigh bells. <laughs> Do you think, like, Hallmark's... I'm picturing them having, like, a crime scene wall where they've got, like, here's all of our movie plots for this year, and they've got the faces of all their main people, and the yarn that, like, goes to each one, and then, like, once Lacey's time, like, they had Lacey on both of these, and they were like, oh, we gotta get Lacey 2 into this one. Yep. So it's like, backup Lacey comes in. Do you think it's like, um, like, Lacey is the acronym for the operating system, and then their actresses are secretly just, like, a cyborg army. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, like, Lacey is, like, the original. So she gets to keep the name. <laughs> Lacey sounds almost like a computer program name. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lacey. Oh, Lacey. I, I miss Lacey. Well, she's in Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe, so don't you worry. This chick is no Lacey, let me tell you what. Oh, God, she's the worst. (laughs) She tried way too hard. Way too hard. Also, I decided while watching both of these movies that I'm officially sick of, like, the um, archetype of the type A career woman. Like, the Leslie yes. Nope, but bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it was cute with Leslie Nope. It was cute with Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And now I'm just kind of like, okay, not every woman can have that many color-coded binders. No. You know? Like, I get it. We like to do lists. Okay? Come at me. <laughs> do you feel like your brand is being infringed upon? I know! My brand was so pure. Nope. Hallmark found your brand. I have a genuine love and admiration for sleeve protectors. Like, don't come for my shit right now. <laughs> this is all I have. That's it. <laughs> I don't need Hallmark besmirching the good name of Binder Tabs. You know what movie didn't really show anyone having it all? <laughs> <laughs> in terms of binder tabs or organization or in spite being of a high power career person in spite of all of its best efforts yeah it tried it sure did mm-hmm. what movie is that a princess switch <laughs> a princess switch a christmas switch a princess switch <laughs> a switch at christmas <laughs> a princess okay. switch a switch for princess. <laughs> Kirsty, we are absolutely watching that movie next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Yep. Oh man. So Netflix. 
Netflix, what have you done? <laughs> Netflix, what have you done? What have you done? What have Netflix. you done? What have you done? <laughs> Look at yourself. Ugh. This fucking movie, they have... Ugh. I hated I'm this mad. movie. I'm mad and I hated it. Spoiler alert. Where When we get into this, it's going to get really fucking heated because they did some shit that is, like, unforgivable. You thought we were mad about the pre-made pizza dough in Little Italy? <laughs> Just you fucking wait. Because we're going to get into it over some fruit puree. Holy shit. Uh, lucky for you, maybe. <laughs> I barely paid attention to a lot of this movie, so I don't have nearly as many feelings. See, I was like that for the entire first, like, two-thirds of it. And then when we got to, like, the hijinks section, something happened in my brain. And it just, like, <laughs> fired up all of, like, the outrage sectors. Like, if you put me in an... <laughs> gonna make it yeah i just like choked on air cool uh if you put me like in an mri they would have seen like all the sections of the brain that are responsible for outrage <laughs> just light lit up like a christmas tree hi hey yo i mean it seems like Netflix has really put a lot of eggs in this particular basket, too. It seems like it, which is interesting because they have at least one more um, Christmas movie coming around Thanksgiving sometime this week. And uh, that one seems higher profile than this one. And then there's Christmas Prince, too. Oh, hot damn. Guys, I don't know if you noticed, but the first promo for that came out this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This week, as of recording, it'll be old news by the time y'all listen to this. (laughs) Right. So they have at least a couple more properties, but I usually, I have, (laughs) on my Netflix account, there's also a Kirstie account. (laughs) And I use the Kirstie account for a lot of hate watch content so that my recommendations don't get ruined on my actual account. But Netflix put the promos for this movie on both accounts in the first thing that you land on that autoplays when you start up Netflix. And I thought that was rude. Like, they're not doing any kind of personalization, apparently? No. I don't think they do with any of their trailers, though, because... So on my Netflix account, which is what's really funny about the fact that you have a Kirstie account... um, (laughs) You know I have a Kirstie account. Well, that's because there was a whole thing. Um... But on my account, I pretty much only watch Parks and Rec and then uh, British Cottage Life. Yeah. Um, Wait, British Cottage Life? Yeah. What? You know, British Cottage Life. Am I missing something? Oh, like the brand. Yes. I was like, is there a role they haven't discovered yet? (laughs) No, sorry to mislead you. But wow, you're rusty (sighs) on the talking points, eh? No, I knew about... God. (laughs) I just thought you were holding out on something important. No, that would have been at least an orange alert. But anywho, the point remains that that's my brand on Netflix, and I regularly get autoplay promos for, like, TV shows about cars. Mm. And, like... There may be, like, a small overlap in the Target demo there, but not enough for me to be in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Netflix is making choices. It's all of them. Um, this movie also opened with the generic city montage. Yep. And then it did some things. <laughs> Very quickly. So the premise of this movie <laughs> is the parent trap, but in Al- Nope, not Aldovia. Bel- what? Belgravia. Belgravia. Yeah. yeah, there we go. The diapers uh, that I use are Grovia, and so I made it into Belgrovia. Yeah, uh, yeah. In my head, because that's yeah. the same. Yeah. So the main protagonist is a baker from yep. Chicago, and she has a friend zone friend who has a daughter. Yeah. Who's like the precocious child of Christmas. Yep. And they enter her in a baking contest because she's single. (laughs) (laughs) She had to do it by herself. (laughs) (laughs) Hope she's only got one sink in that bathroom. Uh, She's not allowed to have a guest room for the precocious child. (laughs) We just listened to the same episode from, like, a year ago. (laughs) Speaking of deep cuts. Uh, So, they enter in this baking contest, which is, like, Netflix saw that a lot of people liked a Great British Bake Off (laughs) show and decided that they would make a baking competition. Like, this is the product of their algorithm. Totally. Well, I think they think that people's brains work like keyword searches. And so, yeah, yeah, if they just, like, put the buzzwords in the movie, then people's brain algorithms will be like, I watched this movie and enjoyed it. Like, in their heads, this is a Christmas Prince plus Bake Off, so who wouldn't watch it? Right. Uh... So they go to Belgravia, mm-hmm. and they spend like eight years in the f- Christmas market. Well, wait, before they go to Belgravia, there's my favorite grape, which is old, that- Old Man Santa? Yes. Well, first we get Santa Man, because <laughs> there's always a Santa Man. Um... <laughs> that should have been the free space. <laughs> but I like my free space. Yeah. <laughs> Your free space is the best. Um, <laughs> Guys, our free space is Sam Hewen's white pants. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so she's uh, talking about how she can't do this competition because she has to be alone in her apartment for Christmas. And the friend zone guy is like, don't do that. That's dumb. And she's like, well, I broke up with my boyfriend, so I can't go to Europe. And then she runs into her Uh ex-boyfriend on the street, and his new girlfriend is like, well, what are you doing for Christmas? And she doesn't tell her, and so she, like, makes fun of her. So then she's like, I'm going to bake in Europe. Cool. (laughs) And just, yeah. It's bad. So. Yeah. Yeah, so they go to Europe, and then there's, like, I have more thoughts on this, but uh, we're going to call them parent trap tropes. Yep. Uh, they have the, like, twinsies meet cute. Mm-hmm. 
in Belgravia where she bumps into the person who looks just like her and it's like, Hallie, we're like twin. <laughs> and then uh, the like twin version of her is the princess of Mel... Nope, begins with an M. Uh, Do you remember that? Montanero. Montanero, yeah. Montanaro. Yes, and she has a horrible accent. Yeah, that that accent I just did is not an exaggeration. <laughs> like, girls gotta call Lindsay Lohan about her Montanaro. British accent. <laughs> it's so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, like, very quickly is like, I want to try being normal. And yeah, she's like... I'm marrying the prince, and I don't know, I'm not prepared to be a royal, so I want to spend some time learning how to be a normal girl. Right. Because yeah. she's always been a royal Montanaroian. Mon- Montanarian. <laughs> <laughs> but they keep making a big deal about how, like, it's got to be so stressful for her to, like, have to just wake up one morning and be a royal and... Meanwhile, they keep referring to her as a duchess. It's like, the fuck are you doing in Montanaro? <laughs> right. And so then they do the classic, uh, like, education montage about, like, here's how I be, how I become you and you become me. And it's like, <laughs> here's the chart of my family tree. Because apparently every fucking person has that in their back pocket if they're about to find their twin. Obviously. And they do that whole song and dance. And then they switch places for Two days, but they're in the same town, which is ill-advised. I didn't understand how that was supposed to work because I almost said Aldovia, but basically is only like three square feet. Like they have one town square. Yeah. So like, were you just banking on no one knowing what the Duchess of Montanero looks like? I mean, apparently they don't. Apparently. So then there's all these hijinks about like the prince comes back who was supposed to be away and he wants to like spend quality time with the princess or duchess whatever yeah. we're gonna call her i don't does she have a real name margaret Sophie. margaret yeah because in all of these movies everyone is vaguely british even though they're like <laughs> supposed to be like folksy european like they're all deep europe yeah but they're all also british yeah yeah. Yeah. And the other one has a name too. Stacy? Yes. I kept coming up with Sally, but it was I knew it, was an, it was an S name. We got uh, it. Yeah. So then that happens, and then actual Margaret decides she wants to bone down with friend's own man. And then there's a lot of that shit. And then they all decide they have so many feelings <laughs> after. 48 hours with these brandos. Uh, and then I feel like this is the point where you got enraged. A prox. So, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember this, how, what this movie was, other than just like a collection of scenes. There's the bake, they switch places in the yeah, so bake they, off. So they switch places for the two days. Which is supposed to be their prep time for the bake-off. 
There's also this, like, random chick that they never did anything with who was supposed to be, like, the villain of the movie. Oh, yeah. Who um, Stacy was in bakery school with. And Mm -hmm. she tries to sabotage them by cutting the cord to their KitchenAid. Yeah. Which comes into play later. And then, um, so it's, like, the (laughs) night before they're supposed to switch back. And uh, Stacy has fallen in love with the prince and has, like, started instituting all of these major structural changes to the monarchy. hmm And, uh, what's-her-face has fallen in love with friend-zone guy, and they watch Netflix together, which we know <laughs> I can't believe I missed this. I cannot fucking believe you missed it, because they practically, like, paused the entire movie to just, like... <laughs> show you netflix so you see on like their hotel they're like airbnb tv a giant netflix landing page with a banner ad for a christmas inheritance and friend zone oh guy God. is like we're gonna watch your favorite movie and she's like i've never seen a movie before and he's like okay so then they watch <laughs> a christmas prince and the end of it makes her cry because she's in love with friend zone guy and Aww thing the a christmas prince inspired her and they exchanged words about like love stories and good movies y'all if you're crying over a christmas prince call me i'll help you i mean i'm not saying saying i didn't cry over a christmas prince <laughs> yeah i just think like they were maybe different kinds of tears that's fair that's fair <laughs> call me either way it's fine call me either way um so then he gives her a locket with a picture of them, and the prince gives Stacy um, the necklace of his family crest. Mm-hmm. And then they switch places, and then uh, Stacy goes off to the competition, and Margaret is just palling around with the prince, and it's like the day before the wedding or some shit, and she's yeah. like. I have to tell you the truth because your family crest means, like, love, honor, and some shit. So she tells him the truth, and then they, like, go to the competition to hand out medals. Meanwhile, they're doing the competition, and they bake the cakes. So they have four hours to bake these big fucking Christmas cakes. So she somehow bakes, like, seven tiers of cake. And now there's, like, 20 minutes left in the competition, and she turns to the friend zone guy, and she's like, I'm going to make the fruit puree. And she grabs the KitchenAid and goes to plug it in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's that's when she discovers the sabotage. And so this is where I want to take a pause and just fucking yell. This is my pizza dough moment. <laughs> she baked, like, seven fucking tiers of cake, Right. And she didn't need the KitchenAid? She didn't use the KitchenAid? Like, also, <laughs> why was the KitchenAid not plugged in already? Like, there are, are crews that set up the workstations for this shit because they're major television productions. Right. And she didn't fucking use the KitchenAid to make the cake? Also, there is no attachment that I know of that you put on a KitchenAid nope. to make fruit puree. You nope. You puree the fruit with a fucking paddle? Wow. Nope. And th- so then so then she has to puree it by hand, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> and then they go for the judging, and the judge is like, hmm, 
this is a delicious cake, but the puree is not as smooth as I would have hoped. And I was like, well, you know what, bitch ass? That wouldn't have happened at a KitchenAid either. Sure wouldn't have. (laughs) Girl needs a blender. You need a fucking blender. At a minimum, you need a food mill. Oh my god. (sighs) But like, what kind... (sighs) What kind of cake is she making that she didn't need the KitchenAid for the cake part? She would have had to have creamed together, like, I don't know, 10 pounds of butter and sugar. She better not have been doing that shit with a whisk with only four hours. And then at the right, end of it and all, then that would be like a really simple cake and not an award-winning cake, right? Well, and at the end of it all, she's got this like seven-foot-tall, like many-tiered cake with like a bunch of fondant work. Yeah, and I was like, even in like the most obnoxious TV show like competition, they give you like eight hours for something like that, not four. Yeah, because that looked like a Great British Bake Off. Uh, final challenge, probably. It was, I think, even more extreme than that. It reminds me of, like, the seasonal cake shows that um, Food Network does that are, like, one-offs. Mm. Um, yeah, that's at least, like, a seven or eight hour, right? Yeah, seriously. And even then, I would think that, like, if it had been a real competition, they would have brought, like, some of their fondant work already made, which in a lot of competitions is allowed. Right. So... That was my pre-made dough, because I was just like, (laughs) there had to have been at least one writer on this project who had ever watched cooking shows, or, for the love of God, had ever been in the same room as a KitchenAid. (laughs) You don't puree fruit in a KitchenAid. You can mash it in a KitchenAid. You can, like, definitely get it really mushy. But you're not gonna puree it. Mm-hmm. You sure aren't. What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> it really upset me. So they go. So the the um, Montenero girl and the prince go to the competition to hand out medals, and she shows up with her sunglasses on. And then the villain chick who tried to sabotage the thing comes in second. So then obviously Stacy wins. So then they line up to get the medals, and Stacy starts having a panic attack because she sees that the people are here and that Kevin is going to find out what's been going on. And then they go up, and Kevin sees them, and she, like, whips off her sunglasses, and there's a big reveal. And then Stacy runs away, and it's exactly like the last bit of the Candace movie we watched last year. Yeah. Where, like, from then all hell breaks loose. And, like, some combination of people are mad, but it's not the combination of people who seem like they should be mad. Right. But then at the like end the of- the prince is like, I'll marry you instead. It's fine. It's yeah, the, the prince thinks this is great. Yeah. The, um, the duchess is, like, super insulting about him. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. This is awesome. I'm into it. But I- who- who- Spends 48 hours around someone and decides, yes, this is my soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely... I wouldn't marry into a monarchy after 48 hours, and I also wouldn't give up my title for a plebe after 48 hours. 
That just no. seems like bad financial planning. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to be normal now. Like, do you have any skills? My favorite part of that scene is she looks up at him at friend zone guy, all doe eyed. And she's like, normal girls fall in love with normal boys. <laughs> it's like, thanks. I Yeah, I think that that's pretty backhanded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, Stacy marries What's-His-Face, and they have a very royal wedding, and she giggles a bunch. Yeah. And that's the movie, folks. And he's like, at this time next year, if you still like me, we'll get married. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she's like, you can't marry me because you're a prince. And he's like, yeah, fuck that. Marry me next year. It's, it's so cool. weird. <laughs> I really hate it. <laughs> and then there's, like, a whole subplot where the king is, like, suspicious of her. So he has his, like, footman, like, stalking her. And then the footman... But that... Go ahead. He, like, figures it out. And then the queen intercepts the pictures and somehow smooths it over. It seems like a lot of work for a plot that goes nowhere. Yeah, they did a lot of things, and there's no point to the plot. There was Mm-mm. also this, like, weird implication that, like, her, jo- Stacy joining the monarchy was, like, her way of being a career woman who has it all. Because she shows yep. up and is like, I'm a feminist, and I want to be part of the affairs of state. And everyone's like, oh, baby, that's not how we do it in this royal family. (laughs) But she has, like, a successful bake shop and just, like, won an award. And I'm very confused. Right. Right. And apparently she doesn't care that much about her bake shop. No, because he was like, you can keep your shop in Chicago or we'll open a shop here or, like, whatever you want to do. And she's sort of like, (laughs) eh. She's like, I don't know what to do with the KitchenAid. Baking. (laughs) Maybe he, like, finally gave her a blender. (laughs) That would have been a better reason to marry him besides, like, I had fun with you that one time when I pretended like I knew how to ride horses, but I didn't know how. God. (laughs) I love, too, that she, like, literally can't get onto the horse, but then they're like parading about the mountaintop in the snow casually casually the most casual someone who can't ride horses is definitely not riding a horse on like the side of a mountain no nah do you think netflix now like owns a stable for their christmas movies they gotta right i feel like they must horses are like a very important part of christmas movies apparently and outlander and Outlander. <laughs> I think Outlander probably has a few more gifted horsemen in its ranks than Netflix. <laughs> it appears to be that way. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about <sighs> Sam Hewen in his white pants. I mean, that's the whole point of Christmas, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> that's my Christmas magic. <laughs> um, Sam Hewen going to the store. <laughs> <laughs> Um, watching these two movies side by side was really interesting to me because I, they're both terrible movies, but I like had a warm 
not positive, but like a warm reaction to one and a very negative reaction to the other. Same. And as I always ask when we get into the spirit of Hate Watch, like, why? Why was one bad movie better than the other? (sighs) That's a really good question. And I don't know. I, hmm. I've thought about it a lot today and I don't know that I have an answer because they're both poorly made. Neither of them are well written. Neither of them really take themselves seriously. So I can't figure out why one was fun to watch and one was very much not. Is it because Netflix knows better and Hallmark doesn't? I don't necessarily believe that statement, but... (laughs) Wouldn't it be the other way around, though? Yes, like... Like, Netflix knows it's not producing quality. Mm. But Hallmark, like, this is the level that it's at. That's true. Like, they're they're a more practiced machine. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I was also wondering if... Because uh, this is now the second Hallmark Chris- or <laughs> Netflix Christmas movie we've seen. Um, is this a movie that we can use to, like, set a sense of the standard for the movies to come? Like, we're definitely watching the one that comes out on the 22nd. Like, is right. this what we can expect from that movie? Or do we think that um, that the quality varies? Well, that movie seems more like a children's movie, like a... Home Alone, Mm -hmm. or a... What's that one with Tim Allen? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, The Santa Claus. Yeah. The Santa Claus 1 through 20. Right, that's what that reminds me of. Yep. So it has a different type of production value. Right. Because it seems like they have some sort of special effects. I felt like like this one was trying to be like a... It was trying to fall into the niche of like the Disney Channel original. Like, I felt like it was a Christmas movie for tweens. Yes. But I, I don't know if it was, like, cheapened because of the, like, poorly executed parent trap. Like, is that part of it? Like, had it not been a parent trap, would it have been better? Maybe. I definitely am not in love with the parent trap adult genre. No, it's weird! I, like, I get that this is all fictionalized and whatnot, obviously, but I can't get to the big reveal part where everyone's in love with each other and like feel okay with any of them ending up with each other because it's kind of a fucked up way to fall in love okay the problem with this trope (laughs) is that people aren't picking up on the right part of the parent trap (laughs) Mm. the point of the parent trap is the parents right getting back together And the kids making the parents fall in love. It's not about the kids switching lives to then fall in love with a rando pretending to be the wrong person. Like, that's not the point. Right. And not the parent trap isn't fucked up. No, but But I feel like... It's a lot more innocent. Yeah, there's kids involved, so it's more hijinxy. Whereas, like, adults switching lives and then misleading people as they fall in love with them and then like it's not cute no it's not cute and in both this movie and the candace parent trap movie from last year um one of the men involved was a childhood friend 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like that guy, of all four of them, has the most to lose, right? Because he's known the person and secretly been in love with them the whole time. Yeah. And then he finally gets his opening when the sibling is pretending to be them. And that, like, he's not falling in love with the sibling then, you know? No. It's just super twisted. I'm not here for it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, because, like, all their feelings are predicated on, like, the other person also. Right. And then when the reveal happens and they're like, oh, I guess I was falling in love with you all along because I never stood a chance with the original person. It's still, like, that's still transference. And it's still, like, okay, you get the second best. Yeah, sloppy seconds. Mm -hmm. Plus, if they look the same... Then it's like you get to imagine what your friend looked like naked. You know, like, it's still weird. It's all weird. Like, if they had fallen in love with an actually different person, then at least there might be, like, a degree of separation. Yeah. I don't know. I can't make my peace with it. No, because they're doing it wrong. They're doing it so wrong. They need, like, some small children of Christmas (laughs) to switch places. And bring the adults together. Yeah. Yep. There's, like, zero consequences. (laughs) Right. As we learned in 1997. Right. It's fine. It's fine. You just... You can get the the servants together. You get the parents. It's great. I was super nervous the whole time that um, the footman and the, like, chambermaid were gonna get it on. I would, like... Almost guarantee you that's on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Well, because they, like, they didn't get there totally in, the in like, the main part of the movie, but then in the wedding scene, they're being mm-hmm. awfully friendly with each other, so I kept expecting one of them to just grab the other one and kiss him randomly. Ugh. So you could be right. This was a bad movie. It was a bad movie, and we didn't even get to, like, the myriad of other plots that were abandoned. Like, started of which there were many. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, little girl and ballet school and the friend zone guy has, like, a dead wife or something. She just left. Oh, quote. I see. But the little girl asking Santa for a new mom. Ugh. Ugh. Stop Ugh. asking Santa for weird shit. <laughs> just stop with santa so stop like just let santa make some fucking toys okay leave santa where he belongs <laughs> santa does not belong in the midst of your trysts can we talk about pop-up santa in this one though i didn't i was so confused about pop-up santa he they, just they never put him in costume no he was never in costume and he never had to act as a santa but like, that's he did in Christmas what he was. Pemberley Manor. But he was definitely Santa. And, like, sometimes he was, like, a Salvation Army guy with a bell. Yep. Sometimes he was a, like, Christmas festival attendee or a worker. And he would just, like, pop up behind people and be like, I have wise words about Christmas. He was in Chicago. He was in Belgravia. Yeah. Belgradova. Belgrad. <laughs> Genovia. Yeah. Um, he was in the castle at one point, 
he was like in the town car he was in the mm-hmm. toy store like he was literally everywhere and yeah he would just like pop up and be like here's the christmas spirit and they kept being like i think i saw you some other place and, and he'd he was be like, like nah no, no not no, me no i'm Ugh. just santa it was weird i hated this movie this movie made me mad it was definitely in the vein of A Christmas Prince, but it wasn't nearly as stupid. A Christmas Prince was fun bad. Yeah, this was not fun bad. I feel like we need, like, a rubric. I, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I'd like to understand it, because I feel like... I feel like you could, like, uh, protect yourself from a lot. Hmm. Um, and also, like, like I just feel like you could really streamline your experience. I also feel like Hallmark could take this movie and make it better with the same premise. Right, because the Candace movie was fun. Yeah, they had, <laughs> they had to buy a condo that had a view of the Christmas tree. Oh, they not only bought a condo, they completely changed the floor plan. That's right, that's right, of that's right. A development, so all the condos in the building had a, a building that tree. had already broken ground so yep. that you could see a Christmas tree, the sun rising over the Christmas tree, <laughs> because you're a woman who has it all and Christmas is special for your brood of children. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it was while you were in the kitchen. Right. You need to be in the kitchen making Christmas <laughs> breakfast and yeah. be able to see the sunrise rise over the Christmas tree so that your children can have Christmas magic. Yeah. And they were like, but the development is for young professionals. And she was like, no, fuck that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so much richer than this. <laughs> no, there's a lot there. <laughs> All I had to go on here was fruit puree. Fruit puree. Fruit puree. Ooh, I can't say that word. Fruit puree. (laughs) Fruit puree. Uh And shoddy accents. Montanaro. (laughs) I, that was just grating in my ears by the end of it. Mm Mm-hmm. So then the, the, like, joke becomes that the American chick doesn't know how to cover up all of her lies, so she just keeps being like, that's how we do things in Montanaro. (laughs) Oh my god, it's like she's never heard an accent in her whole life. (laughs) Seriously. And you know, Lindsay Lohan could get away with that shit because she was eight. Her accent was better. Yeah, sadly, I think you're right. I know I'm right. (laughs) It wasn't good, it was better. (laughs) And see, I respect about the Candaces that they didn't try to give you an accent to differentiate the two. No. Well, this- none of this movie required royalty. No. Or foreign countries. And also, what the fuck country is having a bake-off where they invite people from other countries in to bake cakes? The Royal Bake Off. And that's it. <laughs> and they they played it as if the Royal Bake Off was, like, important worldwide. Like, the Eurovision <laughs> of Bake Offs. I would watch the Eurovision of Bake Offs. <laughs> I would love that so much. Would you be willing to fly to Bel- yes. Belgrade, yes. Genova, 
Moldovia. Montanaro. <laughs> Montanaro. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What is Montanaro's Eurovision team like? Mm. Okay. Um, they've definitely got the person with the horse head. Mm-hmm. And yodeling. So it's like the yodeling Ooh. on the confetti cannon, except the woman yodeling is wearing the horse head. They've got bad special effects, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they've got, like, the waterfall ceiling with lights yes. or something. Like, they don't have anything fun. They have something bad. Yeah. Yeah. Woodland imagery. Yep. But also a confetti cannon, definitely. They need something really basic to tie it all off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, like what about a... Belgrandia's Eurovision team? <laughs> Who? Belgrand. <laughs> Genovia. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Are you talking about like the amalgamation of all of these <laughs> random non-European European yeah. countries, basically? <laughs> like, what's their unity circle like? Their Ooh, unity their unity quilt. Yeah. The Belgrave. Bel- what is. I've goofed it so many times. Belgrand. Belgravia? Belgravia. There we go. Oh, we're just talking about the one. Just the one. I mean, we're, and then hit me with the unity circle afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay. Belgravia. How are they different than Montanaro? That's the question. I think theirs is like, you know, the, the Russian old ladies who had like the wood Ooh. oven? Ooh. Ooh. I think. Bell, bells, belly, bell yeah. place, bell place. <laughs> yeah, has folksy ladies in traditional folk dress, mm. but doing like club music. Yeah, I was thinking there would be stairs involved. Ooh, yeah, and like some light light mm-hmm. up elements and maybe some smoke. Sure. Uh, maybe they've got some like giant KitchenAid props. Oh. Yeah, they could have each performer in the bowl of a giant KitchenAid. (laughs) (laughs) And the KitchenAids would be on wheels, and they would just, like, wheel around the stage on a track. (laughs) Right. You know what none of them would do? (laughs) Puree fruit. Puree fruit. (laughs) What if each performer had a food mill, and they just had a constant stream of, like, raspberry sauce? It's too hard to clean up. It would it would be like digitally imaged on the floor. It would jam up the works. Oh boy. Hey oh. So what's the unity quilt then? It's definitely got the doors like those people had. Mm-hmm. 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 That they all like popped out of and they swapped places in. Mm. I was gonna say, what if they were all in boats? Oh. Yeah. Where are they going though? they're going to europe (laughs) they're going to all of europe (laughs) (laughs) that's so generic it's so bad (laughs) I just don't 
understand why Ovia is like the only suffix that any writer has been able to come up with. Like, hey, now Netflix came up with Montenaro. Montenaro. But all they had to do was take like Montenegro and remove a letter. <laughs> but they're different. So different. But you know, there's like O's, there's just plain A's. Like, you can just end a place with like A. Doesn't have to be. Has anyone Ovia. come up with like a a generic European name generator? Because Ooh. we should. Yeah, get that. If domain you guys name. enter twenty five entries into the mm. Sam Hewen contest, we will make the name generator. Yep. Yep. With proof of purchase, you can be the first one to get access to the European country <laughs> name generator. You too can write your own Christmas script. <laughs> And when you're ready to send that script to us, you can send it to us. <laughs> Via printed email. Via a printed email. <laughs> Just print your email with your yeah. script for your European Christmas movie and send a picture of that to our Twitter, which is yep. Hate Watch With Us. You can also send it to us to our email, which is hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. Sure and is. Then if you go to our website, hatewatchwithus.com, you can find all of the various letters that people sent us with yeah, their we'll emails. 1,000% post letters if you send them to us. <laughs> yeah, if you send us our printed emails, they will all go on the website. Yeah. Um, you can find some folks who won't ask you to print emails, I hope. Or uh, enter them into charity CrossFit contests. Right. Uh, they're not on board that train yet. Uh, at Thoppable Audio, we're part of the Thoppable Audio Network. You can find them. They're Thoppable Audio on... No, they're Thoppable FM on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Thoppable Audio at gmail.com. Yep. ThoppableAudio.com. They've got a bunch of different shows. Um, if you're into, like, CW programming or general dirtery, they've got everything you want. Yeah. So check out all their stuff too. Do that. Do that. They're not hate watching Christmas, I don't think. So no, we've got the Christmas market cornered <laughs> over at Thought Bubble Audio. Yeah, if this is too much for you and you need some normal content, seek that out over there. Yeah, and this is what we're doing from now until the new year. So buckle up. Yeah, we might have an Outlander bind off, but that'll mostly be it. Yeah. Last year, our listenership really dropped in December. <laughs> I'm not sorry. So those of you who stay with us, just know how much we love and appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. We would totally give up all of our titles and land to marry you after 48 hours. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello, friend. <laughs> and it's not the, the stained glass window. It's not. It's not my uterus friend. <laughs> oh, God. I do look at my uterus friend for reassurance, like, pretty frequently. <laughs> Someone, like, made an active choice to put that in your house, and I just want you to think about that every day. <laughs> it, like, feels so Freudian. It really is. <laughs> I have not found a uterus in my house yet, but I'm sure someday I'll find it. <laughs>
<laughs> is that like a thing? Does every house have a secret uterus? It does now. Oh, man. What, like, what is the uterus of the house? <laughs> <laughs> the windows of the eyes to the house, so... 